0: Specialty Stories, session number 55. Whether you are a pre-med or a medical student, you've answered the calling to become a physician. Soon you'll have to start deciding what type of medicine you'll want to practice. This podcast will tell you the stories of specialists from every field to give you the information you need to make sure you make the most informed decision possible when it comes to choosing your specialty. Welcome to Specialty Stories. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. If you're new to Specialty Stories, thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen to this podcast. The easiest thing for you to do if you're new here is to subscribe. Whether you're on an Android device, an iOS device, a Windows phone, if those still exist, whatever you're on, subscribe to this podcast, whether it's in Spotify, in iTunes, Stitcher, or a dedicated podcast app on your Android device. Subscribe, get this podcast every week on your device for free. This week, I have an awesome guest who is a rural pediatrician. Now, Dr. Ekta Escovar has been in a rural pediatric setting for several years now, and we discuss why she chose to practice in a rural area the challenges that come with practicing in a rural area, and the benefits of being in a rural practice. Now, I may, the the original goal for this podcast, this whole series, was to cover academic versus community. And when Ector reached out to me and said, I'm a rural pediatrician, I was like, oh, rural medicine is very, very unique on its own. And so I may try to add some more of these rural Uh, physicians into the mix outside of the just basic academic versus community. To begin with, let's talk about why she chose pediatrics.
1: So it's interesting. I actually have always been interested in pathology. And when I got into med school, that's what I wanted to do. And as I went through med school, I actually realized I love talking to people. And even better than that, I love talking to kids. They're so interesting. And there's no filter. And, you know, what you see is what you get. When a kid is really sick, it is very obvious. And when they're feeling much, much better, it's just as obvious. And it's a really refreshing feel to be in. I don't have to put on as much of a professional front. Um, Can be very casual. The less I look like a physician, the more comfortable they tend to be. Um, And I get to say things like, poop and things like that to, you know, my five-year-old patients. And I get to talk about how boring school can be to the teenagers. And it's really great to be able to talk to different kids on their own level based on what their age is and um, really kind of shed that adult persona off when I'm at work of all places. It's really refreshing and fun.
0: A lot of Students go into the world and, and they think, oh, pediatrics, I love kids, and then they realize that, well, you're dealing with parents too. How do you how do you balance that?
1: So what's interesting with pediatrics is even though that child is your patient and you need to do what's the best thing for that child, your part of your pseudo patient is the parents, you know, the best way to treat that child and get them whatever they need is to get the parents on the same page as you. Um, And so, although you're getting a history and a physical from the whole family and from the patient, your plan at the end of the visit really is towards gear towards the parents. Um, It, it doesn't help to talk to the five-year-old about what the plan is. It helps to talk to the parents about what the plan is. And so, um, being able to switch gears constantly back and forth and and talk to both the patient at their level and then the parents at their level um, kind of keeps you on your toes in a sense um, and really getting an idea of the parents' educational level, what their understanding is of medicine or what the problem may be for that visit, and then approaching them at that level. Um, is kind of key. And so you have to be really good, I think, at reading people fairly quickly to um, figure out how best to get them on the same page as you.
0: You're in a rural setting. Describe the the thought process behind why you practice pediatrics in a rural setting.
1: Sure. So a um, little bit of a backstory. My husband is also a physician here. He's a family physician. And um, it's would have been near impossible to practice in a rural setting if I did not also have a spouse who was okay living in the middle of nowhere. So this did take a team effort to get here. Um, we met back in medical school and he had always wanted to do rural medicine. His dream job, His he's Brazilian and his dream job was to float up and down the Amazon river helping <laughs> tribal people. Um, and that was his dream job. So, um, as we got to know each other, we started dating, got engaged, married, etc. Um, we both realized that we do have a knack for wanting to do it all. I wanted to somehow stay a general pediatrician, but not just become a someone who just does basic bread and butter pediatrics, asthma, allergies, vaccinations. Um, and then that's it. And I end up referring all the interesting cases out to all the specialists. I wanted to be somewhere where I could do it all without necessarily specializing. Um, As I went through residency, pediatric residency, I did my pediatric cardiology rotation, and I loved it. Did my pediatric nephrology rotation, and I loved that. I did pediatric ICU, and I loved that. So it was refreshing to also see that my interests were also just as broad as what my gut was telling me I wanted to do. And really, in the reality of this day and age the only place that I could stay general pediatrics and truly do full, full spectrum pediatrics was in a rural setting where there's no specialists available. Um, So when my husband and I um, were looking for jobs, we were looking at towns specifically 10,000 population or less and um, at least one and a half to two hours away from the next tertiary care center or metropolitan area. Um, We ended up, um, looking in the South, we really wanted to be somewhere in the South. That's where we have family. Um, got interest from about 13 places, interviewed at seven. You know, this was Alpine was one of the places we interviewed and absolutely fell in love with it. The people and the place and everything. And here we are.
0: How easy is it to, as you are going through that search process, to narrow down so specifically of population less than 10,000 and certain number of hours away from a, a populated area? Is that, is that easy or do you have to do a lot of homework?
1: So there are quite a few programs, pediatric programs and residency programs that are set up to have you come out to be a general pediatrician in the full sense of that of that meaning. Um, The program I went to is in central Pennsylvania. Um, I trained at the largest rural hospital in the country. They are attached to a children's hospital, self-standing children's hospital. And that's where I trained. Um, But again, a very large hospital, but in a very rural setting. And so the idea was they wanted to produce general pediatricians who could be self-sufficient in that same sort of rural setting. Um, And so there are programs that are out there. Um, I specifically looked at programs that were not in larger cities. Um, If I wanted to end up in a rural setting eventually, the goal was I wanted to train in a at least a rural or semi-rural setting so that I could get a feel of what that feels like to live there day to day and grocery shop in a rural setting and things like that. Um, But at the same time, I wanted to find a program that I could see the depth and breadth of all of the different types of pediatric diseases and conditions so that I didn't lose my experience um, by isolating myself in a small town. Ending up at a residency program where it's the largest rural hospital in the country was fantastic and set me up perfectly.
0: What are some of the biggest challenges being in a rural setting as a general pediatrician?
1: I think the biggest one is I never know what is going to come in that day. Um, and I have to somehow manage anything, any patient that comes in. I um, Whether it's a broken bone or it's a... Um, baby who's not breathing, or it's a car accident, or it's a child with a cold. Um, I'm, I'm, it. I'm actually the only pediatrician in this entire area, and um, I cover about 75,000 square miles. Patients and families will sometimes drive an hour, hour and a half to our hospital, and we are the closest hospital to them. So, I never know what's going to walk in my doors and you have to somehow be able to manage it or at least stabilize sick patients to further transfer them to a larger hospital. And I think that's the biggest thing. You have to be very comfortable with what you know. You have to be very comfortable with your basics, at least in terms of stabilizing airways and getting blood work from patients and things like that, Um, and then keeping them stable enough until you can transfer them to a larger setting.
0: As you were going through your training, you, you came into this with the, the thought of wanting to be a general pediatrician, and, and you went through these different rotations. You're like, oh, I really like nephrology and all these other ones. Was there any specific one that you're like, oh, I think I might want to do this for the rest of my life and not gen-pedes?
1: It was actually um, the neonatal ICU, the NICU. That's where after babies are delivered, whether especially premature babies or any baby that tends to have any problems after birth, that's the ICU that they go to. And I absolutely adored um, my time there. Actually, voluntarily did extra rotations in an ICU setting. Um, And if I wasn't going to do general pediatrics, that was probably going to be where I would have ended up.
0: Okay. Very interesting. Describe a typical day for you.
1: My day is a little bit um, split between clinic and the hospital. We have a very non-traditional way of setting up physician jobs in a rural setting because you cannot, it's very hard to do just outpatient in the clinic setting or just inpatient. And a lot of our jobs, not just mine as a pediatrician, but a lot of our local family physicians um, do both as well. And so I am in clinic four days a week. And outside of that, I am um, available to round on any patients I've admitted myself into the hospital that I need to cover there. um, Any babies that Are getting delivered. um, I round on them. And so every day is very different. Some days I don't have any patients in the hospital. And so I just do my clinic and then I go home. Other days I have a couple patients in the hospital. So either before work, during my lunch hour, or after work, I end up going to the hospital, rounding on patients, and then coming back to clinic. So it's a little bit of a juggling act.
0: What traits do you think lead to being a good rural general pediatrician?
1: I think. You, The biggest one is I think sometimes you have to be a little bit mavericky. <laughs> you have to be able to somehow just make yourself comfortable and keep your heart rate down no matter what situation you walk into. Um, you have to be able to also develop very good relationships with specialists without ever meeting them. I have... Somehow, obtain phone numbers of different specialists from the closest tertiary care centers. And they don't mind um, when I every so often pick up the phone and I call them on their cell phone directly and say, Look, I have this kiddo. What do you think I should be doing while I stabilize them? Or um, if it's not as urgent, you know, how soon would you like to see them in clinic? And instead of going through a more formal route of um, calling their office and waiting for a return phone call, they know that I'm so far away that. Um, they're willing to make that kind of exception to the rule and me keeping in contact with them. That being said, you can't abuse that. Um, And so you have to be able to make those judgment calls of, I think it's time to pick up the phone and really have a conversation about this, or let me just put the referral in for this patient.
0: How often are you sending patients to the, the nearest big hospital to, for further treatment?
1: So um, for for kiddos that are ill or um, pediatric traumas or things like that, because our population is so small, we're not that busy. We are not like a big hospital. Our small rural hospital is only 25 beds. So we have a two-bed labor and delivery, a two-bed ICU, and then we have 21 beds in our main floor. So our day-to-day um census is not that high. Um, I would say that in a given month, I'm probably sending two patients that are ill to larger tertiary care centers. Um, Usually one of them is a baby of those two a month. Um, And then on the outpatient side, it varies whether it's, you know, the winter and we're getting a lot of really sick respiratory diseases, things like that in the clinic versus not um, but on the inpatient side, about two a month.
0: Being the only general pediatrician there, what does call look like for you?
1: This is going to be a little bit of a strange answer, but I'm on call 24/7, 365.
0: <laughs> That's what I expect. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I be, being the only pediatrician, um, I there's really no other choice. Um, the wonderful thing about this area is we do have um, family physicians in this area. There's eight physicians locally. Six of them are family physicians and then myself and an OBGYN. So if I'm unavailable, if I'm out of town or some of these families don't come see me, they see their local family physician. And so they handle most pediatric cases just fine on their own. And if it's a, it's a pediatric patient that they're handling, they'll only call me if they feel they need my opinion or my help on a case. So it's, I'm not necessarily always called with every single pediatric case. I may be called as almost a consultant sometimes. Um, So I'm not as busy as one would expect being on call 24-7, but I it, my call schedule is 24-7. Um, and then anytime I go on vacation or go out of town, it's actually mentally very stressful just because you know that that whole area is losing that resource. And to just expect phone calls from these family physicians because you can't physically go down and see their patient. So they may need to talk to you via phone even though you're on vacation.
0: Yeah, and when you go on vacation, two of the doctors in the town are leaving.
1: Right. (laughs) So um, that is definitely um, a point of stress and a point of planning. We have to make sure that we plan things out a little bit better ahead of time. We can't um, just decide to pick up and leave for two, three weeks at a time. Um, Things like that.
0: How Of the docs that are there, since there's so few Is there a lot of turnover, docs that come in thinking they want to do rural medicine and then they go, oh, yeah, this isn't for me? Or is there a lot of stability there?
1: So interestingly, there's actually a lot of stability here. Um, We have a slightly interesting set of demographics with our physicians here. We have two physicians who have been here for over two decades, almost three decades now. They are older. They've been here for 20, 30 years, like I said. They've delivered multiple generations within the same family. Um, I mean, they're just referred to as... The doc, you know, these are physicians that have ingrained themselves into the into the community, and then there's this huge um, split, and then we have the rest of the physicians all tend to be younger. Um, we came in the last ten years, we're younger. We have young kids, um, and are of those the rest of the physicians. Four of them are actually physician couples, so both myself and my husband, and then there's another physician couple here, um, and both of them are family doctors. So. It is There is actually a fairly stable um, set of physicians here, but mainly because we came here looking to settle here long term. And there was a spouse involved that was also just as invested in wanting to be in a rural setting.
0: Do you feel as a rural peds doc, do you feel like you have enough work-life balance?
1: I actually love my work-life balance here. The being on call for example twenty four seven three sixty five on paper may seem very stressful um the ver- first year I was here, it was stressful to always be quote unquote on call constantly and and just that pressure of being on call constantly sometimes was got to me um but as you just get used to this, you know you're just never off and that's okay, but sometimes that means you won't get phone calls for days at a time um you kind of just mentally adjust to just that sense of um, kind of a lack of, I would say a lack of boundary between your personal and professional life. Um, It just kind of all blurs together. Um, And the interesting thing with work-life balance here is because it's a rural setting and this town is small. You said you Google mapped it. This town is very small. um, I can get places very quickly. We live 1.3 miles from the hospital and for example, my five-year-old got off at noon yesterday. They had a UIL competition. He's in kindergarten. So I, between patients, I ran out, got him. I drove 1.5 miles to the elementary school, picked up my son, and came right back with him. And he sat in my office while I finished seeing patients for the rest of the day. I didn't have to cancel any patients. I didn't have to block off any of my slots to run and go get him from school. So I still feel like I can fulfill my role as a mother and still be there for my kids and whatever since I may need to, but then um, still be there for my patients without sacrificing one or the other. So in a rural setting, I feel like you have a little bit more leeway um, to to be able to get both of those things done.
0: For the residency path, you had talked about going to a very specific residency that helped train you to be a, a rural general pediatrician. Is there anything else unique about that path? Is it, is it a longer path than the the three years or is the time the same? Anything else different about residency?
1: No, um, it was same three years of a pediatric residency program. It was your typical pediatric residency program. Now it, knowing that I wanted to long-term be in a rural setting, it was when I went to interview at residency programs, that was the point of view that I kept in mind as I went through programs. Um, I did interview at a couple larger programs just because they saw a lot of interesting cases and I felt like it would build up my um, repertoire of diseases and conditions and understanding how to treat them. But there, I always went into every single residency interview in the perspective of how will this help me in a rural setting? Um, And I think that that was really, really important in some programs, even in big cities, were perfect. They set you up to not necessarily be in a rural setting, but to set you up as a self-sufficient, very well-rounded general pediatrician, which is perfect. You can take that and apply it in a rural setting. The problem was I didn't want to live in, you know, Philadelphia or a large city. My my dream was to live in a rural location as much as possible. So you don't always have to go through a special track or a special program I think in order to be a good rural physician, but you always need to I think, interview with that point of view in mind so you always can take things um, and kind of filter it through that perspective.
0: You said your dream was to practice in, in a rural area. Are you from a rural area? Did you grow up in a rural area?
1: Not really. I actually grew up in El Paso, which is one of our closest tertiary care centers metropolitan areas to here. Um, it's about 250 miles away. Um, it's a town just shy of about a million people. Um, similar size to about Austin, Texas. So no, not a rural setting at all. And when I was growing up in El Paso, I actually couldn't wait to get out of there because I felt like it was a really small town. I wanted to be in (laughs) Dallas or Houston. No, this was just more as I went through the medical field and school and residency, I just, I realized that I, I didn't want to be just a physician. I didn't want to be someone that people came to and saw in a clinic from eight to five and then I disappeared into my personal life and they disappeared back into their personal sphere um, of day-to-day life. And then that was it. Um, I see my pediatric patients at the grocery store and I some of my patients go to school with my five-year-old and it's great to become ingrained into a community, really fully ingrained. Um, and so as I went through medical school and residency, I I realized that growing up in a big city, I actually didn't like what I was seeing, and I found that maybe rural medicine may be a way to become a physician in a very different sense of the word than what I grew up, you know, understanding a physician to be.
0: What do you wish, uh, as in in a rural setting, what do you wish the, the other primary care docs knew about what you're doing day to day to help you and your peds patients?
1: You know, the biggest thing that we really struggle with is... I wish they understood the amount of sacrifice it takes for some of our patients to come see specialists in a larger city. Um, It's a two and a half, three hour drive, and that's to the next metropolitan area. And some of our, we don't have pediatric specialists at some of these even metropolitan areas. So some of my patients actually drive to Dallas, which is 550 miles away for a specialist, or San Antonio, which is 475 miles away for a specialist. Um, And they get scheduled on a Wednesday at 1 p.m. or a Wednesday at 8 a.m. And these are families that are taking the day off from work to already be there. Um, Then they're going to have to take a day off before and after to drive there and back. And so it takes extra work for us to explain to specialists sometimes that it's taking a lot for us to convince these families that they do need to go to their specialist. And then when it comes to scheduling, I wish there was a way to specially accommodate these families either on a Monday or a Friday because they are losing time at work and their own um, income um, in order to get their kids to these specialists. So it sometimes is a little bit hard for um, offices and larger hospitals to understand and be able to accommodate those requests. Um, And it's a huge point of frustration for not just us, but our our patients and our families too.
0: Are there any special opportunities being in a rural setting for you as a pediatrician to do anything non-clinical?
1: Taking a step back from kind of outside of the work area, one of the things I did want to point out is there's always a potential benefit for loan repayment in rural areas. Um, Any underserved area you know in the U.S. a lot of times through your clinic or your hospital or just directly through the federal government there may be a chance to get some loan repayment and medical school and residency is expensive and you do rack up debt. and so that may always be a great time to maybe for a couple years go to a rural setting and and work there and see if you like it or not and meanwhile while you're trying to figure that out you know you can always get large chunks of your loans paid off. Um, and it's a win-win for everybody, both your patients and families in the area and for you. Um, so that's always a benefit, I think. Um, the other area outside of work that is near and dear to my heart is um, I've actually started a nonprofit here locally um, to help improve our local outdoor spaces. And um that's a place that I spend a lot of my time outside of work and all of the physicians in this area have their own kind of niche where they're committed outside of work. We have another family physician who is part of a local band actually, and they play gigs on Fridays and Saturdays at restaurants and bars. And um, they help put on concerts around town and they're actually a professional band. Um, He plays the banjo and is part of this band. Um, I really, um, was seeing a lot of park and playground related injuries in my pediatric population out of proportion to the size of our town. And it prompted me to ask the city to upgrade and renovate our parks and they didn't have the money. So we decided to take it into our own hands and I started a nonprofit in order to do that. So, a lot of times being able to find whatever your passion may be outside of work is a little bit easier to find and then to actually work towards being in a rural setting. And it, I think it's great for work-life balance.
0: What do you wish you knew going into your rural Gen Peds practice that you know now? What do you wish you knew then?
1: So this is probably true for everybody when they initially come directly out of residency, but one of the things I've gotten more comfortable with now is knowing what I know and knowing what I don't know. And when I can take care of something locally and when I need to kind of tap out and let somebody else come in and take my place in terms of the physician on, on a case Um, it's always a little bit intimidating as you leave residency. And I feel like it can be even more intimidating when you're the only, you know, person in your specialty for hundreds of miles This was my first job out of residency and it was very nerve-wracking because you are suddenly looked upon as some sort of expert and you're still feeling your way through what you know yourself. And I wish, if I could, I wish I could tell myself then, you know, just – you know, trust your gut. If you feel like you're getting into an area that you don't know, then trust that instinct of I don't think I know this area very well, and I think we need to, you know, get somebody else involved. Um, I've learned to become a lot more comfortable with that now, and and be able to approach families and say, "Look, I this is out of my realm as a general pediatrician." But that was really hard for me to learn how to say to my families when I first started this
0: job. I would assume it's it's harder in a rural setting because you're supposed to be the person that is to do everything versus an an urban center where everybody is is there and you can lean on colleagues and they're they're right next door instead of a phone call away.
1: Right, exactly. You know, I can't just send them 15 minutes down the road to the specialist office next week um, for them to get checked out, also and make sure that their plan that physician's plan is the same as my plan. Um, And so I, you have to make that judgment call of at what point can you still take care of them locally? And at what point do you need to have them drive to go see a specialist? And we have a lot of special needs kids in this community too. And so it's not as easy as a parent putting that kid in a car and driving them. Some of these um children are on oxygen and things like that. So it actually requires an ambulance, you know, with mm-hmm. oxygen support and things driving them two and a half, three hours to a specialist and then back. So yeah. you become very um aware of your resources locally and you really don't want to waste them and waste everyone's time and money if you if you don't need to. And so being very sure of that judgment call, um, it takes some I think time and experience to build up.
0: What do you like the most? About being a rural Gen Peds duck?
1: I love being really integrated into this community. It sounds really bizarre, but I love it when I'm checking out at the grocery store and the cashier two aisles down from me says, Hey doc, you know, is there a stomach bug going around? Cause my kid just seems to be throwing up all over the place. You know, It's <laughs> like, I, you know, well, yes, there is one going around. If, you know, you're unsure of what's going on, bring them in to see me, but yes, there is, you know, and I see kids at school and they're like, why is she here? She lives at the hospital, you know, and mom's like, well, she, you know, she she doesn't live at the hospital. She, you know, has a kid in your class. And, um, it's, it's great to, to go out there and there's, I see my, my patient families, but I also see them as, as, as self-standing families and people, you know, outside of just in that, in that patient way, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Um, they're, they're people and they have jobs and I see them at their jobs and, and it's so great to see what they do outside of when they're in my exam room. Um, and I love it. I, I feel a real sense of belonging, um, not just as a physician, but also as a customer or a friend or a mother. Um, and I think it's really good for my mental and emotional health, um, And I don't feel like I would burn out here, you know, faster or sooner um, just because of my role setting. I actually think I may, you know, do this forever, you know, and and not burn out and really, really thoroughly enjoy what I'm doing every second of every day.
0: What do you like the least?
1: I don't like that I'm the only pediatrician here. Um, I find that that is stressful in a sense. And especially when... We are debating, you know, well, let's not take that vacation or let's not, you know, fly internationally for a vacation because that would mean a longer time period that we're gone. I would like to, you know, definitely take my vacations but not have to worry about how long I'm going to be gone. um, How long I'm going to be gone. I took a shorter maternity leave because I felt the need to, you know, be available um, in you know, both in emergency cases and just day-to-day in my clinic for a lot of my complex pediatric patients. Um, and so sometimes there is this kind of pressure to, yeah, you can take a break, but don't take too long of a break. <laughs> so I wish that I had at least one more pediatrician here so that we could we could kind of rotate that responsibility and it would just be a, a slightly easier to take a break when we needed it.
0: Is there only one pediatrician because that's all that there's room for, or would you love to have one if somebody applied tomorrow?
1: I would love to have one. Um, Because of the geography of West Texas, we have a lot of towns in this area, but they're all spread out. And so what I actually, in my mind, my dream scenario would be that we could actually easily absorb one more pediatrician, um, but we would... I would love to have a mobile clinic. So one person, one of us, you know, always stays in Alpine, you know, near the hospital and the other one can, you know, take our mobile clinic, this van, you know, that has an exam room and a lab area and things, and we can drive it an hour and a half away to the next town or 40 minutes this way to the next town or, um, you know, a hundred miles South, this direction to the next town. So we could increase our availability, um, so we could cover more patients, but at the same time, there were two of us, you know, that we could, again, hand off responsibilities to, especially those, you know, rare times that we do go on vacation or have a baby and things
0: like that. As we wrap up here, for a student who may be interested in rural medicine, who may be interested in GenPeds, what would you recommend to him or her to go out and... Number 1 make sure that they like gen Peds, but number 2 make sure that they would enjoy rural medicine. How how would you recommend they go about figuring all that out?
1: I think the best way is to try to do a rotation, even if it's a, you know, in a non-clinical sense, you're just shadowing, let's say um, a general pediatrician in a rural setting, maybe between your first and second year summer or um you know, or setting up an actual clinical rotation. I have some students that come from med schools around Texas who come and do a rotation with me as a rural pediatrics rotation. Um, You know, and there's rural settings in every state in the entire country. So finding a pediatrician in a rural setting would be great and spending some time with them. And your downtime, you would actually be able to explore the town and the area and really get a feel for what's there and what's not there and if you're going to miss that or not miss it.
0: Do you see any major changes coming to your practice, whether it's um, one of the biggest things I can think of is maybe telemedicine changing the way that rural pediatricians practice?
1: Absolutely. Um, Telemedicine is something that we've been trying to work on for about the last 18 months to get it here. Um, Obviously, we can't do telemedicine with all specialties. A lot of them are very hands on. But we are hoping to do telemedicine, most importantly, with actually mental health. Um, There's very limited mental health resources in the country in general, and even fewer for pediatrics specifically. So, one of the, my big projects right now that I'm working with with our hospital is to see if we can get some sort of um, telemedicine um, psychologist or psychiatrist to help with some of my teenagers who are depressed or have anxiety and, and again, where we're getting outside of the realm of, of, you know, medications and things that I'm comfortable with. Um, so I do think that telemedicine is going to be a huge way to open up doors in terms of resources that we wouldn't otherwise be able to have. Um, And the other one actually is going to be just improved equipment. Um, We tend not to get a lot of trauma cases or abuse cases and things like that. And so sometimes – the better technology we have to help with our decision-making skills, um, you know, on the fly or as a patient walks in through the doors, is is better. So as EMRs continue to improve, and um, there's a way for me, as the only pediatrician, to even have a computer, you know, help double-check my dosing. I don't have another physician who has that expertise. So being able to really tailor. Um, my EMRs as nurses put in orders, you know, having alerts come up like, "Oh, I, you know, Doctor Eskov, are you sure that that's the right dosing?" Um, can help because I I don't see a lot of these cases very often, and it would be great to have, even if it's a computer, double check the things that I'm doing because I may be wrong.
0: If you had to do it all over again, would you still be a rural general pediatrician?
1: Oh, absolutely, in a heartbeat.
0: All right, there you have it. Again, Doctor Ecta Escovar, a rural pediatrician in Texas. Now when she talked about the amount of square miles that she covered, I kind of scratched my head because she said seventy-five thousand square miles. And so as what we're talking, I'm like Googling that, trying to pull up the square miles of different states. Now, seventy-five thousand square miles, go look it up. That's like more than A lot of states out there, most states out there. It's a very interesting number and obviously a a huge challenge for being the only pediatrician in the area. Obviously, as she talked about family practice docs, family medicine docs can cover pediatrics as well, but as the sole dedicated pediatrician, that's pretty challenging and obviously very rewarding as well. All right, I hope you have a great week. As always, if you have any suggestions for a physician that you would like or you think would be a good guest here on the podcast, just shoot me an email, ryan at medicalschoolhq.net, and I would love to possibly have a chat with him or her. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on Specialty Stories.